Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners. Welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. Thank you for joining me. And yeah, I'm very happy to have you here today. I've got an exciting kind of new style of episode today, kind of an experiment. So you'll have to let me know what you think. Let me know how it goes at the end. Uh, but for now, quick reminder to check out the transcript. If there's any vocabulary that you miss during this episode, or if you want to just brush up on your listening, learn some new words as well, then check out the transcript. It's especially useful for those of you who find it quite difficult to hear everything I'm saying. And you can find the transcript in the description of this podcast. If your podcast app doesn't have a description, then you can find it on the website, which is at levelupenglish.school. Then go to the podcast page. And I have to be honest, at the moment, a lot is going on in my life. And because of that, I find it very difficult to give much time to language study. So some of you will know I'm learning Japanese and Chinese. I'm not studying too much at the moment. Maybe maybe 30 minutes every day, which is not bad, but it's not as much as I want. And I really have no excuse because there are platforms like italki where you can find online teachers. And I do actually have a Japanese teacher and a Chinese teacher on italki, but I haven't seen them in a few months. So I feel a bit guilty about that, but I'm planning maybe next week to start up my lessons again. And this, I think this is the same for you. So no matter whether you are a beginner, you're intermediate or advanced English learner, if you want to see improvements, you really do need to be getting some conversation practice. And this could just be talking practice or this could be kind of structured lessons, learning grammar or whatever else with a professional teacher. So whether you're preparing for a job interview, you want to learn English for fun or any other reason, italki is a great place to go. And there is really no excuse. And I'm talking for myself as well, because there are so many teachers and the prices, depending on the teacher, the prices can be very affordable as well. It's not expensive. And if you have any doubts, you can even use my link to get a free $10. So if you go to levelupenglish.school slash free, F-R-E-E, free. If you go there and click on the button, you can get a free $10 when you sign up and you can use that $10 to have an English lesson with any teacher you can find on the platform. There are thousands to choose from. So I highly recommend doing that, levelupenglish.school slash free. I've got one more really exciting announcement about me. So I've been, one thing I've been working very hard on recently is starting up group lessons. 
I'm really excited about this. I had my first group lesson last Sunday. There was a few English learners in a Zoom call, and we just had a conversation about you know introductions, about work, and all these different things about where we're from. And it was really nice. It was a good way for the learners to practice their English. Also, a good way to make friends as well. So this is an invitation to anyone out there who wants to join in the lessons with me. One of the big benefits of group lessons is because there are more people, it means I can make the price lower. So it's very affordable, and I think it's a lot of fun, and it's something that I'm experimenting with. So. At the moment, I'm having weekly group lessons, and at the moment, they're happening at two o'clock in the afternoon, UK time, London time.、Um, I might change it if I get a lot of people asking me to change it,、um, if it's not convenient. But I think that's the best time for most people. So, if you would like to join in our group lessons, there's only groups of five, so it's very, very limited space. But if it does fill up, I will make more. But you can go to My main website, ewmichael.com/group. I'll also put a link in the description of this podcast. But if you are an intermediate or advanced English speaker, then I would love to see you there. It's a great way to practice. You can ask me any questions you want and make some friends as well. And if you have any questions, just let me know. But I'm really, really excited to start this. But、okay, so enough of the introductions. Sorry to take all of your time there, but we can get into the topic now. One reason why I've been so busy is because I moved to London last week, and I'm very excited about this. I've always wanted to live in London, and I finally can now. And I'm, there's just so much to do here. I'm really excited. Of course, it's my first time living here. So I am not an expert. In fact, I really don't know much about London. But I thought it would be nice to do a virtual tour of London and give some history and some recommendations about what you should do in this amazing city. You know, I really do think it's an amazing place, and the more I learn about it, the more interesting it becomes. I do hear some people saying that they don't like London, but in my opinion, if you spend more time in London and have a look at the history and some of the secret areas of London, I really think everyone can fall in love with it. It's, it's an amazing place, and it's very different from my home county of Cornwall. It feels very much like a different country, to be honest. You know, so at the moment, travel is not really possible for most of us, but that doesn't mean we can't have a bit of wanderlust. Wanderlust is this kind of dreamy desire to travel. It's like when you kind of sit back and think about distant places to travel to. I think that's really exciting, and if you're like me and you love to travel, listening to People traveling or living in different places, I think, is really exciting, and maybe you can plan your trip. You know, when this pandemic dies down, when you're in a good situation, maybe you can plan a trip to London. So let's learn together and use this episode to dream about future travels. 
Okay, so what I'm going to do in this episode is go over a few different aspects of London's culture and history and life and talk about some of my most interesting parts, things that I would recommend. Many of these I haven't done yet. So in a way, this episode is kind of like a personal list of things I want to do or want to learn about. I've got a few topics. First of all, I've got history, like historical places, then culture, then nature, then social life, and then beauty. It's a lot to get into, so let's see if I can get to them all. Um, History, I've got a lot for history because there is so much history in London. So I'm going to start with the Great Fire of London. This is something that all primary school students learn about in England. The Great Fire of London. This happened in 1666, you know, almost 400 years ago, if my maths is correct. And it basically is a huge fire that set most of London ablaze. If it's ablaze, that means it's on fire. And it started right in the centre of London, just next to the River Thames, on the north side, I think. And it started from a baker's shop. Um, There's a lot more history online, if you're interested. But yeah, basically, it's a huge fire that kind of destroyed most of the city, because most of the buildings were made of wood at that time. Only four people are recorded to have died. Um, It's probably a lot higher than that in reality but there's only four people on the record of actually dying there. And what's interesting is there's a really tall memorial kind of statue, and it's on Baker Street, and it commemorates this fire. You you can go to the top and get a fantastic view of central London. I've never done that, but even from the bottom, it's an amazing thing to see. So that's on my list. I'm going to go to the top of the Great Fire of London, statue. And this word commemorate, when you commemorate something, it's a little bit like the word celebrate, except celebrate is for good things, commemorate can be for bad things. It's kind of just like to remember something. So it commemorates the fire of London. Another one, another very tall structure, is the Southwark Needle at London Bridge. And I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Of course, I'm not so familiar with all the the names here, but it's spelt like South and Walk. South Walk, Southwark. And I love kind of the gruesome history, the kind of dark history of our past as humans. And if you go to the end of London Bridge, there's a huge large spike in you know, going up into the air, 16 metres tall, apparently. And you know, few people actually stop to look at it because it's a very busy area, so no, not many people really stop to see what's going on. But this huge needle, this spike, marks the area where traitors' heads were impaled on spears along the city wall. Um, A traitor is someone who kind of betrays someone. To impale is kind of to stab. So basically the heads were cut off, they were killed, and the heads were put on these spikes. And it was the first thing that visitors or people saw as they entered the city of London. 
uh, a long time ago, of course. And I think the first time it happened was in 1305, so about 700 years ago. Guy Fawkes, who was the person who tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament, very famous story, which I will cover maybe next month or in two months' time on a future episode. He was also dealt with in this way, and his head was also put on a spike. Very gruesome, but it's really cool to think about this gruesome history that was now, what is now in such a kind of modern city. Very interesting. The next one is much more common. I'm sure you will see this anyway. And this is the Tower of London. Tower of London. Um, this is like a huge castle in the centre of London. It was founded towards the end of 1066, the year 1066, as part of the Norman conquest of England. So this is when the Normans from France came to England and they they defeated us. And this was when, you know, French became the kind of national language of England. And I believe it's also where my surname comes from. So maybe my family originally is a Norman family. I don't know. I can trace it back a thousand years. But there's a lot of history that even affected my ancestors as well. So the king at the time built this huge fortress, this castle, to defend himself against a rebellion. And throughout the years, kings and queens have kept their valuables in the tower. The queen now keeps the crown jewels there. So if you go there, you will see like the, cr the crown and the jewels very, very um, well protected, of course. During the Tudor times, uh, a few hundred years ago, it became a prison where people who were a threat to the country were imprisoned. There's a lot of really interesting history there. Um, a lot more, I could, you know, again, I could do a whole podcast episode about it, but I've got a lot to get to, so I'll just leave it at that today. Another one which I really want to go to, a quite simple one, is Tower Subway. Tower Subway is the world's first tube railway, the first underground railway. Well, it's the second oldest tunnel running under the Thames. It was built in 1870 and it used to take up to 12 passengers through the tunnel and the tunnel was only seven feet wide. And in centimetres, that is what, 200, so it's about two metres wide. So very, very small, very small. And there's some cool pictures online that you can find. And the Tower Subway can be found just to the west of Tower Bridge, the very famous bridge. And it's on the north side of the river. Um, so if you Google Tower Subway, you'll see it's still there today, this kind of structure that was built in 1870. It's so old. And it's amazing to think of that history there. Another one which is very famous is the first red telephone box. I'm sure you've seen these red telephone boxes all over England. It's kind of become a symbol of what it means to be British almost. And the first one was made in 1924 and it can still be found at the Royal Academy of Arts in Piccadilly. So I wish I could show you a picture. Maybe I'll put a picture in the show notes on my, on my website. But that might be a good thing to see again, just to see the history. 
Okay, the final historical thing that you should see are the hidden Roman baths, or hidden Roman baths, depending on how you want to pronounce it. And I haven't been here actually, but I really want to. But back in the 1830s, the owner of this kind of little pool, this bath, said it was, uh, it comes from the first century, so 2,000 years ago. And people aren't actually sure whether they really are Roman or not. Um, but many people like to think that they are. Um, most historians apparently think they're actually more like three or four hundred years old. So it's not as old as Roman times, probably. Um, but it's really hard to find, which kind of makes me want to go there more. So it's on a street called Surrey Street. And there's like a sign, a National Trust sign, that tells you how to get there. So it's kind of a mission to find it, but that really makes me want to see it. Um, a little bit of history tucked away on, on a kind of side street. Okay, and now a little bit of art. So moving away from the history, there is a place called Leak Street. Leak Street. I really hope I pronounced it correctly. It's only from the reading, so I don't know. I've never heard it pronounced before. But it's spelled like L-E-A-K-E. Leak Street. Or Leak Street Tunnel. So this is a tunnel, and it is covered in graffiti. And it's kind of one of the only places in London where graffiti or street art is accepted. You know, they don't try to you know, clean it and get rid of it like in many places. So it's a really grimy, cool look. And grimy is kind of like a bit dirty, but cool, something like that. And it's an amazing place to go for an Instagram picture too. So if you're one of those people who loves to get your... Uh, Instagram selfie, then this is a perfect place to go. This graffiti-covered tunnel, Leak Street. One good one for all you Harry Potter fans out there is the Leadenhall Market. So the Leadenhall Market is a covered market in London, which I love these, we don't have enough of them. And it's on Grace Church Street. And it's a Victorian marketplace and it was the setting for Diagon Alley in the Harry Potter films. So if you want to kind of see this kind of beautiful Harry Potter architecture, but in real life it's not made for the film, you know, then Leadenhall Market is the place to go. And I'm definitely going to be going here the next time I have the chance. It's a very beautiful place if you Google that as well or head over to my show notes. If you want a little bit of nature in the city, <laughs> one really cool thing is the parakeets. The parakeets in Kensington Gardens. And actually, they are much more widespread than that. So parakeet is a bird, and it's kind of like a parrot. They're these kind of tropical, jungle-looking birds, and they are completely green, like very bright green. And they will even land on your hand if you have food. So I really want to go there with food. That's on my bucket list. I want to have a picture with the parakeets in Kensington Gardens. So if you want to see that, follow me on Instagram and I might do that in the future. <laughs> the really cool thing is these birds are not indigenous to Britain. Indigenous means native. They're not native to Britain. The truth is that no one really knows how they got here. 
which I love. I love it when there's a mystery. Some people say they escaped from a film set. Um, some people say that even Jimi Hendrix set free a pair and that's where it all started. But people don't really know. Maybe it's not so exciting, but I think it's so fascinating. So the one thing I noticed, as soon as I got to London, there were these really strange noises, these birds I've never heard before. I looked out my window and the house outside my window was covered in these little green parakeets. And it's so interesting because it just doesn't suit, it doesn't match the city kind of image, the atmosphere. So it's a really exciting thing. It's just a tiny thing that kind of makes it more interesting. Another thing which I recently spoke about on Instagram are the foxes. Foxes. Foxes are like these kind of related to dogs. They're a little bit like dogs, but also similar bodies to cats with long bushy tails, these orange little dogs. And there are loads of them all over London. I've only been here a week and I've already seen four of them. Um, Two of them in my back garden. And I don't know how dangerous they are. my, My friend did feed them from her hand. I wouldn't recommend doing that. But yeah, you just see them playing all over London. You hear them at nighttime, kind of screaming. It's actually terrifying. It sounds like something on a horror film. But it's really interesting for me. I mean, a lot of the locals don't care because they see them quite a lot. But for me, seeing a fox just wandering the streets, maybe looking through the bins, it's really bizarre. I've never seen foxes so up close before. So it's very interesting for me. For socialising, I don't have any specific places to recommend, at least not yet, maybe in the future episode. But simply I have two apps to recommend, and these are apps that I used when I was travelling, but I've also used a bit in London as well. And this is the app Meetup, or you can go to the website meetup.com. It's a great place to find classes and events and any hobby you have, you can find a group who also likes that hobby in London. And Meetup is great. Couchsurfing is the other app. Now, Couchsurfing is known for allowing you to stay at other people's houses for free. And that's not what I'm talking about today. On Couchsurfing, there is a section called called Hangouts. Couchsurfing Hangouts. And this is a fantastic way to meet up with people in the city, maybe other travellers or just locals, people who want to make friends. You can meet up for coffee, for a walk, do whatever you want, and it's a great place to find friends. Finally, a very quick one for beauty. To be completely truthful, I have not been here yet, but I've seen pictures online, I've heard about this place, and it looks very beautiful. And this is Hampstead Heath. This is a beautiful, large park in the northwest of London, and it has a fantastic view of the skyline. You can see the Shard, which is the huge tall building of London, the tallest one, and all of the other famous buildings on the horizon, and there are amazing pictures online. If you go there at sunset, take a picnic, take your date perhaps, your girlfriend, boyfriend, and have a look at the sunset over the London skyline. It's kind of a once in a lifetime experience, or maybe not, maybe maybe several times, but it's something I really want to do. 
Okay, I'm going to leave it there today on my virtual London tour. I could, to be honest, I could make an entire podcast series all about London. And I could even go further and make it about other cities in the UK. So if you like this idea, you want to hear more about London or about other cities, then let me know. To be honest, I am more knowledgeable about other smaller cities around the UK, such as I've got Plymouth, maybe Manchester, obviously big city, Manchester, Bath, Bristol, all of these cities. I know a little bit more about these cities. So if you want to hear about more cities, then please let me know, and I'll be happy to do an episode about them, these kind of destination uh, episodes. So your feedback is what drives this podcast. So if you give me good feedback, I will continue. If I don't get much, then maybe I will stop. Either way, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any more recommendations about London, let me know. Maybe I'll do a part two as well. Or maybe I'll just visit your recommendations myself. Okay, and before we sign off today, I want to read a couple kind podcast reviews. So I've got one review from Zayed from the United Arab Emirates. And they said, thank you very much, Michael, for your efforts. I learned quite good information from your episodes. I hope it's really good. No, I'm glad it's good. I'm glad you like it. Thank you very much for your review. I had another one from Arini, Arini7, and they said, Thank you for helping with your amazing episodes. I'm super excited to get a lesson on italki. That's great. Thank you so much. And I'm very happy you've been taking my advice and having your italki lesson. So let me know how it goes. And it's, yeah, it's a good point. So this is a good time to remind you all, italki is the sponsor of this show. So go there, get your get your $10 for your lessons and Again, let me know how it goes. I got one more here from Mawa. That's quite hard to pronounce. Mawa with a leaf emoji. I've never seen that before. And they said, thank you so much for everything. I'm so happy listening to your episodes. Thank you. Thank you all for leaving your podcast reviews. If you want to do that and hear your review on a future episode, you can leave it at Apple Podcasts. So thank you very much. Don't forget about my group lessons, by the way, guys. Join the group lessons and let me know if you have any questions. Super long episode today. I'm going to quickly end it here. Thank you very much and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Have a good week. You have been listening to the Level Up English Podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.